There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, Paul, it's been a treat to have you here. And one of the reasons you're normally here on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on Friday, in fact, just about this time, actually a little later, typically, is to talk about what's on TV and movies. So I thought we'd kick off this hour with a little, you know, what's going on in Paul's TV? What's he watching? And when we do that, uh, we like to call it Boobs on Tubes. (laughs) Boobs on tubes, what are you watching? Boobs on tubes. Boobs on tubes, what are you watching? Boobs on tubes. And by the way, we're the boobs. It's not like oh, we're watching okay. boobs. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, what be a little, because you and I. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, what are you watching okay, on television? I mean, this week brought back the return of one of my favorite shows, Ted Lasso. Oh, I still Apple have not started Ted Like, Lasso. at all, ever? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, new season. <laughs> no, when, it, when, when I knew it was coming back this week, we made a plan to watch it, and then life got in the way, yes. and we haven't been able to watch, get this, the season finale of Last of Us or the new episode of Ted Lasso. So I'm just sitting here seething, waiting to watch these shows. I have not finished the last episode of The Last of Us yet. That was supposed to happen this week. It's in it. Again, life. But um, no spoilers, Mike. No spoilers, Mike. Keep my mouth shut. Don't you worry. <laughs> Uh, or audience. Um, Ted Lasso, though, I love this show so much. In season three, I've seen the first two episodes. Um, the first one is out now. It's, it, we're seeing what we're seeing in the season is that everyone's basically betting against Richmond. They think that they're going to be coming in last throughout the season, and the stakes are really high for Ted to the point where they. Um, there's a high profile football player that all of the teams basically want. And that is kind of what is going to kick off this season. I don't want to give too much away, but the characters are just as phenomenal as you want. You learn a little bit more about what's going on between Roy and Keeley. Uh, it's just so good. And I got to interview three of them yesterday. Oh, who did you talk to? So I talked to Heeb Jaimo, who plays Sam, uh, Christo Fernandez, who plays Danny, and then Kala Bokini, who plays Isaac. The three of them were together, and we had such a great conversation about the impact that the show has had on audiences really talking about men's mental health and anxiety, the impact that this show has had on them as people, as performers, and just joy. And where do we find joy in, in life? I'm really excited, and, and you you should know, dear listeners, that Paul has plenty of fun interviews to watch, so go watch the interviews uh, and watch him interact with these amazing performers. Um, but I'm so excited for this show just because it's so counter to a lot of 
the shows in the world and just it's so counter to the world and it's such a delight and it's also about sports and somehow i care and find myself being emotionally attached to these people 100 percent. i mean it it really truly is uh has been a gift and we've been waiting so long for this the only thing that makes me mildly bittersweet is that this is the last well we don't know that 100 percent yet maybe they're kind of hinting at it there's nothing official from apple yet maybe we don't know um but i love that these characters are funny they're joyous there are so many deep pop culture references i mean in the first episode they mentioned stephen king's it and they go down to a sewer i mean it's hysterical okay so here's what i here's a smart question i can try to ask about the third season of ted lasso the first season was what we all fell in love with right if you love the show second season for me was like what like a lot of like they took it in different directions, did some different things. It was yeah, still great. So great. Still the wonderful characters. But like the storytelling was uniquely different in season two. Does this feel like were you happy about where they started off in season three? Yes. And I'll tell you why. And it may not be what you're thinking. So one of the things I loved about, too, is this topic of Ted really dealing with his mental health and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we saw Nick, the character of Nick or Nate. Nate, 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 the actor's name is Nick, um, kind of turn on everyone. Yeah. And we see that again in the first episode. And the show, the first episode starts off with Ted saying goodbye to his son at the airport because his son's been visiting for a little bit and him having to say goodbye and really wrestling with this, like, I'm working across the pond and I'm not seeing my son. And that now for me as a father, like, just hit differently. And we see oh, sure. Jason Sudeikis really like dealing with that as a character. And what does this mean for him? And I love that. The, I love those conversations that can be brought up in the show yeah. amongst the humor, amongst the goofy characters that we love. The thing know. I love about it is it's very emotional and they bring up serious topics, but you never leave an episode, you know, like, you know, when, when shows take a twist and a turn and you're like, Oh God, right. like they do that for a little bit, but then they give you something to be, yeah. to feel you good can about laugh and cry in the same episode yeah. and then just feel like it touched a very pointed spot within your soul. And it, it that makes me think of one of my favorite emotions, as they say in Steel Magnolia's Dolly Parton's character, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Because mm. it's just the way that the comedy is written is you could cry and then someone will crack a joke and it just makes it all better again and brings it all back home again. Flapper! Yeah. That's so what I love good, about Ted Lasso. So many good lines. And you get that too in their other show, Shrinking. So Yeah, that, so have you, have you yes, watched Shrinking? Watched I have not started Shri- yet. Oh my, so Shrinking is one that I think you will enjoy after the first couple of episodes. And then as it goes on, you you begin to really love these characters. And like Ted Lasso, funny characters, funny situations. Harrison Ford should be winning Emmys and all the awards with this show because of what he does. But then they, they get talking about those murky places in our lives, those murky, emotional headspaces that we all get in. And where's the humor in that? Where's the relief that we get from some of that? And it's... It ends so well. It's such a great show. And Shrinking comes from Roy, Brett Goldstein, Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso. Yes, with Jason Segel who, and Bill Lawrence. Who wasn't even supposed to be in Ted Lasso and no. then made the decision to play that role himself. And, and then has won, won an amazing, two Emmys and yeah. is a delight. Okay, so I'm, again, Shrinking is on. There's a lot of They're really, on Apple TV+. This is, this, you know, I'm happy where TV is. Like, I'm not, like, the most... Mm, I don't watch all the TV, but I will say a lot of times I feel like I'm constantly searching for something else to watch. The last couple of years, I feel like I have been trying to play catch up right. to watch really good TV. Because there are so many streaming services and then so much 
that is coming out on any given week, whether it's in the movies or streaming. And then the, 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 the thing now is like, okay, well, where do I even find that? Where do I subscribe to that channel? Channel? Do they subscribe to that streamer? Because but now, now you're used to like, I'm going to turn this one off. I'm going to turn this one See, on. We don't go that far in our oh. house. We just subscribe to it all. Now, but some of it comes from like our phone, um, how we get our, you know, through T-Mobile. Oh, sure. We get the Apple TV for free or the Netflix because of this, that, and the other. So that's when you're like doubling up, doubling down on your services, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to just let listeners know, because I talked about this in the last segment. If you heard me talk about Great British Bake Off, there was an announcement that Allison Hammond is going to be the new co-host after Matt Lucas left. And if you watch that show, like, you know, there were... I just, I love that show. It's to me, it's just one of the best reality competition shows because they're not pitted against each other. They don't take it personal. I mean, you know, they're still human and they have emotions, but, and there's competitiveness, but it's not at the expense of, of the other contestants. So we talked about Dancing with the Stars and some of the other American reality shows being, being very fake. Yeah. And being produced, overly produced. Do you feel that way about this where you can, you know, who's going to win because of what they like and, you know, I don't think so. I think you tend, well, it's always hard to tell. It's such a mind bleep when you're watching a competition show because you know the whole thing has been produced. So is it like when when you have the feeling in the first episode that you think you know who's going to win, is that because the producers want you to feel that way? Right. That's it's edited. The, for, it's like Drag Race. Yeah. So it's no. always hard. I try not to get too caught up in that guessing game because I do want to just kind of enjoy the ride. Like my partner, however, will tell me what he thinks is actually going to happen mm-hmm. out loud. And I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's her own. And do you feel like it's actually about the baking? It's actually about yeah. the food and yeah. not the person. Are you big? Do you watch? I've Bake never off? seen the episode. <gasps> oh my! Ah, episode. Oh, excuse me, please. Yes. No, okay. I, well, I, I want you find to. Yourself, I do love cooking shows. If you find yourself shows. with God forbid an illness that allows you to watch a lot of television or something where you right. find yourself at home for a long stretch of time, pick up an episode, uh, start a season of the Great British Bake Off. Obviously, the characters change throughout, <laughs> but it is such a heartwarming. It's there's just something heartwarming and, and humanly redeeming about the Great British Bake Off. Okay, so as someone that's never watched it, and I know that this is just a reality show, so it's not like there's continuity. But would you say that the later seasons are ones to watch for a newbie, or would should I start at the beginning? I would say kind of you, like could, you could do either. Okay. I will say I have a special place in my heart for the original judges yep. and hosts. And they have since changed with the exception of Paul Hollywood is really the only person who's been around since since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Sue Perkins and all all the other, Mary Berry. She's not on anymore? No. I just know these personalities. No, because the show left the BBC and some of the the hosts and talent were like, yeah, we're not leaving the BBC. And so they went over to ITV. Paul did. and, and, But then you get Prue, Leith, and uh, you had Matt Lucas and Noah Fielding. And they're great. And now I'm very excited because Alison Hammond, who I've seen in British comedies or at least on television, uh, she does some of their Is she playing the comedy program. role of the host? She's like the Matt Lucas type. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, or at least that's what I'm assuming she's going to bring in the new season. Uh, and I can find all these on Netflix, right? Like it is that Netflix show that people. It's a weird thing on Netflix. You may not have all of them on Netflix, mm-hmm. but you can start there. You don't need to like. Go all the way back. Okay. But you could start with whatever Netflix has available. Rights these days. It's like PBS, I believe, has some of them. They're all over the place. It's annoying. Yes. And it's going to get worse, by the way, because everything I've heard or read says that 
streamers like Netflix and HBO Max are going to start licensing their content to other streamers because they've got all this legacy content Mm -hmm. that isn't making them any money. It's not bringing any subscribers to their platform, but they can make more money licensing them to other streamers. So they'll make partnership deals. And then as viewers, we're left wondering, like, well, where do I go to get all this stuff again? And now I got to leave and go pay this other service to get your content. And I get very picky and like hoity-toity when people are like, oh, I love that show. It's on Netflix. I'm like, well, okay, well, that's not a Netflix show. That's yeah. an ABC show. Yeah, you're going to have to let that go. I know. <laughs> no, because that's just getting increasingly harder to understand. Right, like where it's stemmed Because like Simpsons, right? Isn't Simpsons? That's a Fox show. Fox. Yes. But now it's on HBO Max. Or no, it's on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, and there's a lot of shows like that that are not in the place they should be. Like you think, oh, Paramount Plus. Nope, they're over at HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right, let's continue the conversation. We come back. Let's switch it to movies yes. because there are plenty of movies and reviews that you've got for us when we come back right here on my talk. It's Don McLean for Olivia Weight Control Centers. I love when I get emails from people saying that they have struggled with their weight and they finally called Livia and now they're so much happier. You can trust Livia Weight Control Centers because they are the experts in weight loss. They also have registered dietitians and nutritionists who put the program together for you. They're going to build a personalized nutrition plan and um, you're going to see the weight come off. It happened to me. You can lose up to 10 pounds in your first two weeks and then one to two pounds each week thereafter Uh, and it is really easy you've probably overcomplicated your weight loss because there's so many different messages out there I swear every six months they change it to say oh you need to be doing this or you need to do be doing that or cut out all carbs or do it's so confusing and I Totally understand if you're confused. So get your first eight weeks free when you mention me at Livia, 855-GO-LIVIA, or visit Livia.com. That's L-I-V-E-A.com. Welcome back. It is a beautiful, sunny Friday, March afternoon. Spring has sprung. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> I'm drunk on chicken, boys. Uh, no, actually, it is beautiful out, though. I, well, okay, I think the sun literally just went away, but it was out there, and it'll be back, I'm sure, before the day is over. Good afternoon. Welcome back to it's about two twenty on Friday, this March seventeenth. Flying by. That's Paul McGuire Grimes. I'm Bradley Trainer. Don will be back on Monday. It is flying by because we're having so much fun talking about uh, the things we love television and movies i've been less on the movie train this year i really got to get my ass back in gear but to that end tell me what's going on this weekend okay i just want to give a quick breaking news that actor Mm -hmm. lance reddick who you may know from the wire he's also in the john wick movies he'll be seen in john wick chapter four next week he's passed away all of a sudden without uh any sort of notice so uh, thoughts and prayers go to his family because he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway. Thanks jo- for that update. Yeah. John Wick Chapter 4. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
are coming out next week. It is really great. Um, I've you, not watched the John Wick oh, movies. They, they are a blast. Start to finish. They're a lot of fun. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Um, what's opening in theaters this week is the latest from DC. It's Shazam! Fury of the Gods, starring Zachary Levi. You know, the first one came out in 2019. And the premise behind this is that there are these teens, these kids, that when they say the word Shazam, they then turn into superheroes. So Astro Angel plays the younger version of the teen character, and then he morphs into the Zachary Levi character. And in this one, they all have their powers. And Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu play the daughters of Atlas. And they wreak havoc on Earth, and it's up to these superheroes to stop them before they totally ruin the Earth. Yeah, I don't know anything about Shazam, but um, I've seen some of the reporting and stories, and I know you interviewed. I got to interview Zachary Levi, Asher Angel, Jack Dylan Grazer, and then the director, David F. Sandberg. Those interviews are on my YouTube channel. And it channel, seems like a, a fun movie. It's, it's fun and silly. Yeah. They, these are not my style of superhero movies that I prefer. I think fans of the character and the the, the who they are will like this movie. I, in, in an attempt to make it a sequel, it's bigger, they throw way, they throw so much at it. There's wizards, there's gods, there's goblins, there's there are unicorns in the climax with Skittles. Like, it just... Unicorns in the climax with Skittles. Literally. It's like a literal a Skittle promotion <laughs> in the climax of the movie. And yeah, it's massive special effects. There's a lot of humor and it's very self-referential. So there are some good jokes in it. I think that the teen cast are great together. Like you get this foundation of family that really comes through. But other than that, I was like, what is happening in this movie? I don't necessarily. <laughs> so it's not your thing. Not but, my thing. But uh, overall, what'd you give it? Two and a half out of five. Okay. Tickets. All right. So I'm not watching. The those. interviews are fun. But you know, like, that's not, I'm not the target audience anyway. Right. Uh, I might be more of the tor- target, target audience for uh, Scream Sex because okay. I was there for the original. Back in 1996. Um, I will say, you would think after maybe six movies that the Scream franchise would slow down or be like, okay, I've seen one, I've seen them all. Like many horror sequels, they have bucked that trend to make every Scream movie fun, scary, wild, and meta. And this one knocked it out of the park. So the the survivors of, the, of five, Tara and Sam and Mindy and Chad, are now in New York City. So that we're we're shifting the story from Woodsboro to New York City, um, and they are all going to college together, kind of sticking together. And they all of a sudden hear about these killings and that Ghostface may be back. Now the movie is set at Halloween time in a world where Ghostface is a thing because of the sad movie. So there's a very like self-referential thing there too. So it's Halloween time. Everyone is wearing a Ghostface costume. So they have no idea who oh around God, them that makes is it even scarier. It is. The directors of this, the writers know what they're doing. It is actually terrifying. It talks a lot about franchises. How do you survive a franchise? You know, sometimes it's about sequels, it's about franchises, tr- trilogies. This one is all about fr- how do you survive a franchise? And the core four, how they've written these four actors or these four characters is so great. And then, of course, the movie's all about who is going to be revealed as the killer. Um, And I will say, I was not, didn't love the reveal in this one. I was like, okay, that's a little, I don't think that they really earned it. But the rest of the movie is so well done. This is what I've heard. It's gotten good reviews. And also, this is, is this the first one with no Nev? Correct. So Nev Campbell did not come back for this one. Contract negotiations fell through with Paramount. For whatever reason, they thought that they could lowball her. And she said, no. 
I'm worth more than that. Um, but so what she's, I've heard is despite her not being there, the franchise continues. Yeah, it's it's really good with these core four. And Courtney Cox is, is yeah. still in it as Gail Weathers. She has a fantastic scene with Ghostface. It's actually her first time battling Ghostface and getting a call. Ooh. So us Scream fans really dug that. And part of the movie, too, is this idea of a shrine. So the, this Ghostface is leaving a calling card connecting him or them to all the other past Ghostfaces. And in the shrine are all of the, like... Things that you would find, like, even in an evidence locker at the, at the police station. Oh. So, like, it just it gives so many memories and nostalgia and throwbacks so to the it's entire franchise. hitting all the buttons. That makes Absolutely. me think you gave it a good score. Four out of five for Scream 6. Four out of five. We didn't even get to Creed 3, but that's Amazing. also... Loved Creed 3. All right. So good in theaters. Well, maybe tell us about when we come back. Great. All right. We'll Up keep here. talking TVs and movie. Uh, maybe some Double Down. Um, what else you want to talk about? Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Maybe we'll talk just about the four. The four what are our favorite episodes? Some sure. Clips. Oh my God, that'd be fun. Yeah. Mike, you want to do that? Get some, I'm in. Clips going. Thank <laughs> Mike's you. up for anything. <laughs> and he'll give us the latest on his fun. Good afternoon. Welcome back to The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Paul McGuire Grimes. Mike here, of course, giving us those wonderful weather updates <laughs> and so much more. It's actually, there's hope. There's hope yet left for us, I do, I do believe. However, just um, not today outside uh, if you have to be out there because it's gross. Hey, Paul. Hey, Bradley. Let's continue talking about movies, shall yeah. we? So before we went to break, you mentioned Creed three and mm -hmm. said it was amazing. Loved it. I've been a huge fan of the Creed movies. Uh, again, we were talking about this earlier with sports. I don't know sports very well. I don't know boxing very well. And yet I find myself getting very invested in either TV or movie about sports. And is Creed, is that a spinoff of yes. the Rocky universe? Like, yes. Where does it's, it fit? It's so... How the Creed franchise started was that Adonis Creed is the son of Apollo Creed, who Apollo Creed had fought Rocky Balboa when the Rocky movies yeah. were out. And now Adonis Creed. So then we saw this relief, this mentor relationship between Rocky and Adonis building in this franchise. And at the end of two, we really saw Rocky kind of leaving the mantle toward Adonis. It's, it's your story now. He goes off to visit his son, played by My Love and Familio, and that's the end of two. Three really picks off telling Adonis' story. Like, here where we're at, he's his wife, Bianca, who's played by Tessa Thompson, is a music producer. They have a deaf daughter. And Adonis is basically retired now from boxing, running his own training gym, when an old friend of his comes back to town, played by Jonathan Majors, who is incredible. Uh, he's really hot right now. He's an Ant-Man in the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, so the he movie was at is, the Oscars, right? Yeah, they both yeah. presented they together. Both, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a great partnership. Um, somebody made, some. there was a meme about them standing together and somebody said, I want this to be Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh, I would watch that movie for yes, sure. Absolutely. They they pair well together. Um, and of course, this, of course, because it's rock or it's Creed, is this brings Adonis back into the ring when Jonathan Major's character, uh, Dame Damien, wants to fight him. So it's a movie all about like toxic masculinity and men's mental health and how we try to use fighting as a way to like get back at someone else or to make ourselves feel stronger and better. And we don't always have to do that because now the daughter character is seeing her dad fighting. And when kids are picking on her at school, she then starts to get into fights because she sees, oh, that's what dad does. Yeah. So there's a lot of family talking. And Felicia Rashad plays his mom. Um, I just, I love these characters and love, love the world and what they're talking about, I think is so important. And Michael B. Jordan actually directed this one. So mm. it's his directorial debut. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is not in it. 
there's hardly even a mention of the character of Rocky Balboa. And again, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, too, between Sly and Erwin Winkler, one of the producers and the rights behind these movies. And I think that these are doing so well for Michael B. Jordan that this is Creed will now be a franchise for him. And he's he's great. How many tickets would you give it? Uh, A four out of five. Not I think two is my favorite of these three. But this is still really well done. I have interviews with Michael and Jonathan Majors, Tessa Thompson and then Mila Davis can't plays her daughter on my YouTube channel, too. Paul's trip to the movies. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I know it's been about a week out from the Oscars. I was, as I was preparing for the show today, I saw an article that was like, here's where you can find all the movies that were, you know, that won Oscars and where they're still playing, et cetera. And I thought, oh, this is actually, I forget this. You know, a lot of us rush to see the movies before the Oscars. Yes. But a lot of people wait until the Oscars to see the movies, right? right? Because they're like, I'm only going to see a couple. I want to see the ones that won. In fact, I was just talking to someone yesterday who was like, have you seen, you know, everything everywhere all at once? And I said, yeah. And she's like, oh, we need to see that. So of the movies that won, Mm -hmm. what and the movies that are out there that you know of that are still either in theaters or streaming, like just give us a couple that... Yeah, I mean, Everything Everywhere, I will always praise that movie. I loved it. It was my favorite movie of this past year. It's on Showtime if you don't have that or just rent it. You can buy it, too. I I own it. And what I love about it is that it's Paul a movie. Paul owns a lot of movies. It's very true. If you've seen any of my interviews, you'll see, like, my movie wall behind me. Yeah. It gets comments. I thought I had not an to issue. Brag. Paul has an issue. <laughs> don't tell my husband. He's very well aware. He knows. Uh, he definitely does know when he sees those receipts coming in. <laughs> anyway. Um... I love that it's a movie that is different. It's unique. It's experimental filmmaking in a way. It's about the Asian community and it showcases them. Fantastic performances. And you may think, this movie is weird. What is happening? Where is this going? I don't know. And that's get okay. It. That is okay. I, to me, that's part of the, that's, that that's is not a bug. That's the feature. Yes, that is a feature. If you are being challenged, that's what is, can be really great about a movie. And then you get to the, you get to the end and you realize that it's just all about love. When life is getting in the way, life is chaotic and you feel like you have 80 plates spinning and you don't know what's going on. If you just take the moment to find someone or something to love and you re- remember that, that's what it's all about. And it's so relatable because here's the thing. Like, I remember as I sat down to watch it, we watched it in two parts, I will say, mm-hmm. just because of time. And at first I was like, oh, should we do that? And he, it was fine. The first chunk I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, like, I love, I'm invested. I know it's a great movie. We're going to go places. We're going to have fun. But that first chunk, first hour, I was like, wow, where am I going again? And then when you get to the end, you're like, oh, that's why all of this was necessary. And when I say relatable, I mean, like, if you were to look at any of our lives, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be this clean, pretty narrative. It's going to be chaos all over the place, not make a lot of sense. But then at a certain point, hopefully you come to a realization, you know, of of, of the meaning of your life. And it's probably going to be far simpler than you thought it would be when you set out which is what I think the movie was kind of, at least that's what it spoke to me. Well, it's funny is I think this is the kind of movie where anyone can watch it and have a different reaction to it based on what we've been through in sure, life. Sure. And you then think about, well, what would my life been like if I had made that choice? Yep. If I had not gotten this job uh, through the theater company when I moved, I would not have moved back to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I would not have ever met Ryan. We would not have had our daughter. Yeah. So when that job fired me, um, I would have thought, what is happening in my life right now? Yeah. And it has all led to this. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you wouldn't have it any other way. No. And at the end of the day, it's 
It's all about love. Wow, what a meaningful way to end. No, anyway, that's a good movie to see. I really want to see the only other movies on the list from those who won awards or were nominated that everybody's still talking about. I want to see All Quiet. I know I can I can still stream that. Yes, that is on Netflix. Some people watch it dubbed because it is in German. So, so I, uh, yes, uh, some people watch it dubbed. Some watch it with subtitles. I watch it with subtitles. It is a very hard to watch war movie. Mm. And you're thinking, well, it's a war movie. They're always hard to watch. Yes. However, it is brutal. It is violent for like two and a half hours straight. There's not a lot of downtime. There's not a lot of like, oh, we're this is a behind the desk scene or whatever. No, it's. It's violent and gore, which is what war is. Yep. War is never simple. And this movie very much is that anti-war se- sentiment. And you think about what is happening today that is still happening, you know. So I there's mean, that. Open it's, a, like, you know, turn on the TV. Yes. Scroll through your phone. And yet this movie is about World War One, and it's still happening. Yeah. That's got to be incredibly powerful. It also, that the way you described it made me think of 12 Years a Slave. Watching it, you were just constantly in pain watching that movie, yes. but it was still such an important movie. Absolutely. You you understand why it did so well at the Oscars. And another one I would want to have people watch is Women Talking. Oh, yes. Tell so, us about Women Talking for those who don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jamie thought it was, he thought originally when he sat down in the theater, it was going to be She Said. Oh, yeah. The Harvey Weinstein yep. movie. And so, Obviously it's not different. Uh, so, women talking is about a based on, loosely based on a true story about a group of Mennonite women who, because of their faith, they are told that if they ever leave their men, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So, this group of women have been beaten, abused, raped by the men in their colony, and they have have to come together as a community to decide if they want to just ignore it and keep living their daily life, or if they want to stay and fight the men. Or if they want to leave. So they have these three choices and them as a group have to decide and come as a collective to figure out what is going to. So they have to vote. So it really reminded me of 12 Angry Men. Mm, sure. of having men and women at very different parts of their life, different experiences, having to come with a unified voice about their future. It's so good. And it gets you thinking in the discourse is you're like, I can see how you would think that. I can see how you would think that. Oh. That makes sense. Which, frankly, oh, can know. we just say in the world, not to get too serious on a Friday, right. could use more of that. Right. <laughs> yes. People like, like coming actually together thinking things through, talking, talking to each other. people's experiences. Yeah. Where are they at in life? What has led in them life to to where they're at? It's a it's a brilliant movie. And the, the dialogue is very poetic, too, at times. It's, sometimes it's a quiet movie. Sometimes there are loud vocal outbursts. And uh, you've got... Claire Foy from The Crown in it, Jesse Buckley, Rudy Mara, Francis McDormand, a really great Ben Wishaw is a man that has been like basically excommunicated from the fa- the colony. And now he is helping them kind of come to that decision. He's a great British actor. If you don't know Ben Wishaw, uh, it's it's a great movie. Remind me where that would be streaming. You can again? basically get it anywhere that you can rent things. So on demand, Amazon, it's like a three ninety nine rental, okay. but well worth it. All right, women talking. Yeah. Hey, Paul, before we head to break, because we're going to play a game with Mike, it's Game Show Roulette. Yes. And wherever that game show roulette wheel lands, we will play that game. But I want to give you this chance to talk about anything that's coming up for you or just remind people where they can find out more about your reviews and watch your interviews, etc. Paulstriptomovies.com on social media at Paul's Movie Trip on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm new to TikTok, but come give me a subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, coming up, I've got interviews with Jennifer Anderson, Adam Sandler for Murder Mystery 2. We've got Taryn Edgerton and the real life people behind the game Tetris. 
Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interviews coming soon. Okay. Today, the interviews with the cast of Ted Lasso. Oh, uh, and then Extrapolations, that show we talked about earlier on the show on Apple TV Plus about climate change. I talked to a bunch of them. I'll have those interviews on YouTube next week. All right. Fabulous. Tons uh, from Paul's trip to the movies.com. Paul, it's been a pleasure having you today. Don't go anywhere, though, because when we come back, Mike's spinning his game show roulette wheel. Here we go, right here on My Talk 1071. Ah. Blind Spot. Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas with huge savings for 2023. If ever there was a time to visit the Little Blind Spot showroom, that time is here. Right now, select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of 30% off the purchase value, up to $1,200. That's right, I said $1,200. Hunter Douglas Honeycomb Shades are designed to conserve energy at the window in any season. They trap heat inside the honeycomb fabrics during the winter months and keep cool air inside your home in summer. It's like they were made for Minnesotans. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today for help from the best experts in the business. Or you can visit them online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. You guys, sometimes we're doing the show in the breaks, and we did a whole TikTok segment in that last break. I'm sorry you missed it, but uh, we both just talked about all the weird things that TikTok serves us. Now, speaking of weird things Mike serves us, it's time to spin that game show roulette wheel. Time now to play along. It's Game Show Roulette. Here's your host, Mike Ganger. Yes, we'll wrap up the show as we always do with a little game show roulette. And you know it's Friday, which means we go from head-to-head competition to a little cooperative fun, a little co-op game. So I'll spin. We don't you know, have to beat each other. Exactly. Paul, you work together <laughs> for a common okay. goal. Never mind. You know I, what I mean. I do know what you mean. <laughs> All right. Let's see. <laughs> uh, the wheel ended. Let's see what we're going to play. Time for the $100,000 Pyramid! That's no square. No, it's a pyramid. Cube, I guess, would have been a better, you know what I meant. <laughs> Paul, Let's get things started. <laughs> Paul, um, you've, have you played Pyramid before? Um, I mean, not with you, yeah. but mm-hmm. we watched it with Michael Strahan. Oh, okay, nice. so you know what to the end. So you know exactly yeah. how it works. Uh, what we're going to do is do that, uh, exactly the final round, the race up the pyramid is what we're going to try to do. You each have six little uh, clues in front of you, and uh, we'll have each of you uh, take one turn giving clues and one time receiving clues, and then I put a extra hard game over there, too, just to see if you Fun. guys can get to extra it. extra so. hard. Yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and have some fun. Who wants to uh, give clues first? Well, okay. I think because uh, he's a guest on our show today, I think Paul should go first. I should give the clues. You're going to give the clues first? Okay, so what you're going to do is uh, when I start the time, oh, you'll, you'll pull up that piece of paper you're looking at. My assistant just dropped off some papers for you. Okay. Uh, you'll pull up that uh, first one, and that is going to be the first thing. So, again, just like in uh, the Pyramid, you describe that to Bradley in any way, form. You can't use your hands. You can't do any, like, sounds like or rhymes like or whatever. Just do uh, your your. Okay. Cool descriptions there, and uh, you got uh, 60 seconds to get all, through all six of those. Okay, here we go. And you can pass it any time and come back to it if you would like. Mm. All right. So mm. as soon as you start, you can pick it up and look at the first one. Go ahead and do that now. Okay. And then as soon as you start delivering clues, that is when I'm going to give you your timer. So okay. When you're ready, go ahead. Not fruit, but... Vegetable. Uh, Christmas. Easter. Holidays. 
uh, are chicken sandwiches, dumbbells at the gym. Um, not light, but heavy. Yeah. yeah. Things that are heavy. Yes. Uh, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones. Uh, rock bands. Yes. Google, Facebook, Websites. Twitter. Buying a house, starting a business. Things you do um, as an things you uh, uh, owner. Ooh, things oh, you're an owner of. Um, starting a business, getting a car, buying a house. Things you do as an adult. No. Um. Th- um oh God. <laughs> you this can should pass. be in the house. That's this the is last the last one. one. Ten seconds. Um. You things you go into a bank for things that you buy. Uh, you things you need money for things you buy. Um, things that you. Oh, I feel like well, you really get a close. loan for. Oh, that was yeah, a little I tricky. Know, okay. tricky, but yeah. you did really well, Paul. Thank you. All right, yeah, nicely done. You got and the, I uh, did well too by yes, getting. Yeah, you did. You did guess a lot of them. <laughs> you did so, guess them. So te- there you go. Technically, if you're watching the show, you're not supposed to do opposites. That's kind of why oh, I hesitated really? there for a it's second. Not, but it's, it's okay. Right. You know it's what? Fine. We're just having you know, fun. I on forgot a which part we're at the show. It's all we good. No, guess. No, no. It's all, I know. I was. I wasn't playing opposites. <laughs> uh, Bradley, why don't you go ahead and uh, try giving uh, your clues and see if all you guys right. can roll through it here? Man, that last one. You had like 20 seconds so on it. Close. Ugh. Yeah, really. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are right. you ready to go for game show roulette? I uh, grab, I am. Grab that first one, and when you start giving clues, I will start the timer. All right. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, okay. Um, fur. Hair. Blanket. Um, pillow. Soft. These yeah, are soft. Well, Spider-Man, Superman, super, super superheroes, roller coaster, amusement park rides, Coke, Pepsi, uh, sodas, pops, soda pops, uh, beverages, tea. beverages, two on prepositions of prepositions, uh, conjunctions, no words, affirmatives, two on no parts of speech, two of. No. A uh, bow. Po. Two wor- two letter words. There you wow. go. Wow. Nay. Sounds an animal makes. G- give me hay. <laughs> Sounds a horse makes. There you go. Nicely done. <laughs> Excuse me. Things a horse might say. Because things you know, a horse horses might say. talk. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. Nicely done. Just in there. Could I have said I'm a horse? No. Because it says horse in it. Things a horse says. Things a horse says. Yeah. All right. Uh, Who wants to try the really good job? Yeah, you did great. Thanks. Who wants to go? You want to give or? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let you rephrase that. Uh, Would you like to? Never mind. I'm trying to figure out who wants to. Bradley deliver clues. clues. Thank you. Like, thank you. you would like to you deliver go. the clues. Thank you. <laughs> it is Friday. Uh, I, we're getting I fired will. after this show. I. You're going to deliver the clues. I okay. shall deliver the clues. Okay. And Paul will receive the clues. Or did you want? I mean, I don't care. Do, no, would this, you rather? This do it? works. All right. Yeah. You guys ran right through it last time. Let's see how you can do. Now this one is the uh, extra difficult one. We'll see if you guys oh, can get through. One was difficult. No. <laughs> uh, you can look at that first one. Take as okay. much time as you need with it, and go ahead and uh, try to uh, get him to say it. Timothy Chalamet, Channing Tatum, actors. 
Peru, Brazil, uh, Chile. South American countries. Train, plane, automobile. Uh, uh, transportation vehicles. The cold, the potholes. Weather, things in Minnesota, things we're fed up with, things that we're angry about, Minnesota casualties, things in Minnesota <laughs> that we hate. Uh, <laughs> the cold, the things, darkness, um, the ice, the Things snow. that make us grumpy, things that we complain about. Next one, do the next one. Okay, next one. Uh, X-ray, Xerox. Uh, things that take make copies. Things that X-ray. Things with the letter Xerox. X. Yep. Uh, Mr. Ed. The, uh, horses. Foghorn Leghorn. Uh, animated cartoons. Talking animals. And back to Ten snow seconds. and ice oh, and things, the weather. Things that happen when it's winter. Things that the winter casualties. Things that happen when it's cold out. There. I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah, Go you gotta it. give it to what him. You never quite said when, why win- you're sick of winter. You kept saying like annoying things or things we're upset yeah. with or things we're sick, but you never quite said because of winter. Uh, yeah, right. you got there, so there you got at the end. Nicely done. Well, thank you. That Way was awesome. Bradley. Kudos. Yes. <laughs> yes. How much money did we win? Uh, at least twenty-five thousand uh, BD bucks. I That's hope what we, we got call that. It. Um, Triple seven or um, double seven or whatever it's called. Yes. Did Mystery we? seven. Mystery seven. Mystery, Mystery seven. seven. Love me some pyramid. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we could use our winnings to go on a trip yeah. to a warm place like Dawn, who, by the way, <laughs> she posted a video. Uh, she's only posted one video of her trip, and it was a weird belt machine with rubber ducks on it. Yeah, I didn't to see a young gravy um, song. Ernie at all. You know, burger, oh, like double rubber ducky. Yeah, yeah, so I don't no, know. I, at first, I thought she was at one of them sushi restaurants. Where I thought, the too, like a sushi train or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bradley, do you have a favorite Golden Girls episode? Of course I have a favorite Golden Girls episode. And now you put me on the spot. Which one am I going to say is my favorite Golden Girl? Well, first, you start with yours. One of my favorites is, isn't it, isn't it romantic? Which with, one is that? Um, Dr. Jonathan Newman. Oh, Dr. Jonathan Newman. <laughs> that talk about everything everywhere all at once. Right. It's funny in the joke writing and also the physical humor. The physical comedy that Blanche does is hysterical in that episode. It's season two. It's so funny. I also love when when um the Jenny Lewis episode with Rose and Fernando the teddy bear. Hysterical. Oh God. Um the one that I came that always comes to mind is In a Bed of Roses. The one where she sleeps with the guy. And oh, and then he's dead. Yeah, spoiler alert, yeah. he's dead. <laughs> There's a dead guy in your bedroom! <laughs> or or when Sophia gets married and Ray Burke, who is a classic Guthrie actor, is the, the caterer, who's in charge here? Oh, yes. And he's well, excuse like... Excuse me for Anita Bride. Excuse me for living Anita Bride. Like, look, Rambo. <laughs> oh, we could do this. We could do this for hours, oh. but sadly we can't because we're done. Paul, it's always a treat to have you on. It's been great. Extra special treat to have you for the full three hours. Yes. Go check out Paul and all of his work at paulstriptothemovies.com. Have a great weekend. Happy Friday. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Thank, thank you. Oh, we didn't even talk much about St. Patty's Day. Mike, thank you. Thank you. For another wonderful week. We'll see Dawn on Monday. Up next.